0: Okay, so let's, uh, let's get uh, started here. So, uh, first of all, I just want to mention that learning in the shul today was sponsored by Racha Michael Gutlov and on the yardside of Brecha's great-uncle, Kalman Gans, Kalman and Kalonimus Ben Israel Chaim, Kira Chav Kislev and Shani Drabarber, and family in memory of the yardside of their beloved grandmother and great-grandmother, Chana Galua Chaya Chana, Chaya Chana Bas Avram Yaakov, So learning this evening it should be a host for both of these individuals. Okay. I promised to give it a you for a long time already. Um, so let's. Uh, I'm glad we're finally getting, getting to it. Thank you you to bring some chairs up like, closer so people can sit closer? Um, okay. So um, there are more sheets here also. More sheets. And you sheets pass them around. Okay. We can decide next time if we think that this is a good setup or a bad setup. Um, we can. Accordingly. Okay, so um, a couple of points that are important to keep in mind for this type of topic. Top, point number one is as follows. A lot of times when you give a halakhash here, so like you can walk away with like, oh, it's so like now I know what to do in X or Y or Z scenario, right? So that's like not really the case in this case. Why? Because there's pretty much this type of topic um, is so sensitive and so, the stakes are so high that no person should ever pass this shayla on their own? This right? shayla is not passing even by most shul rabbis on their own. Uh, this type of question comes up, you go to the top. Right? These questions are asked to, 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 to the, the, the gedolah poskim, typically, when this type of question comes up. So I just want to put it out there. Even though we're giving a, a, a quote, a halachah here, this is not to be uh, used used on your own, but it's important for us to understand it anyways. And that's the goal. The goal here is to understand a little bit what's going on here. Obviously, this topic is so relevant because of the... Reversal of Roe v. Wade, which is very, very, um, obviously a very big deal here in this country, um, and is a very big deal for us as religious Jews, which we're going to talk about as we get to the end. Um, so the goal is to talk about what it is, um, what's the Torah's perspective on abortion in general. Um, interestingly, how there's a different view where how it relates to. To Jews and how, how it relates to Bnei Noach, right, those who are not Jewish, um, but really to get us to a place to understand the difference of opinion. There are a lot of differences of opinion, of different post on how to address the issue, But and I really want to talk about why. I want us to understand what the crux of this machlokus is really about, and I think it'll help us and, and the intensity of the debate, actually, as intense as the debate is in a country, the, the debate is intense amongst the uh, Hronim um, in a very, very strong way. So I think it's also something for us to uh, to understand and understand why it's so intense um, and give us an appreciation for what it's really all about. So a couple of things just to, just to keep in mind, not in your sheet. It, you know, as usual, what we have, we have uh, a lot of marmacomos and I'll, we'll read them, but if you don't have them, I'll, I'll make sure to explain them also. Number one is like this. There's a, the Ramban writes in a sefer called Torah Sa'adam And he quotes the Bahag and he points out that for the first um, 40 days after a woman becomes pregnant, so after conception, so the Gemara refers to that pregnancy as what maya ba'ama, literally means like, just like water. And nevertheless, uh, the halacha is that if a woman uh, needs to eat on Yom Kippur in order to preserve her pregnancy, even in the first 40 days, and we're going to see how the first 40 days has, again, like we said, this status of like, it's not really even a pregnancy almost. It's like not, not considered something, or not considered a, a, human, a human life. And nevertheless, we, we, we'll tell someone, you must eat on Yom Kippur in order to save that potential life. Number two, um, we know that, uh, or we should know, it's important for us to know, that when you have a fetus, even though, again, it's not yet necessarily a full human being yet, we'll talk about what, what that means, um, and even when there's no danger to the mother, but there's danger to the Sakana's uber, there's a Salkana to, the, <coughs> to the fetus, we will be Mechal Shabbos for that uber also right? And so it's important to, 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 to keep that in mind. And, and the question is, why is that? What, what's the reason why we would be Mechal Shabbos to save a potential life? So usually the reason why we're Mechal Shabbos to save life in general is because of the kinds of V'chai Veloshia Musbam, right? So supposed to live through the mitzvahs and not die through the mitzvahs, except for the big three of Eris, right? But there's another reason given also, and that is that the Gemara has a drush of you saw Esau, Shabbos, Lasso, Shabbos. So the Gemara, the Darshans, that sometimes we tell someone, now, why? So that you can have the potential for many Shabboshes later. So the, the, if that's true, right? So, it, why do you need, what do you need, if you have V'chaibahem, what do you need the second one for? What do you need, you know, you know, and the answer may be, and we're going to see, some of the posts can point this out, that if it's then that it implies that you are already alive. Right, but if the reason is because of because there's a potential for shmir Shabbos later for that individual, that could apply even if right now you are not classified as being alive. Right, and so we're going to see how that this these, this rush is going to you know going to come into play. So I wanted to put it out there at the beginning just to consider. Um, also, it gives a little perspective the idea of being machal Shabbos on behalf of an uber, the idea of eating kipper to protect the the uh, this this potential life. Right these are these are big big Yisurm. We're talking about you know person who Yusunim Kippur Tchayev Kharis, the person who Mikhail Shabis Misa. So these are very, very big Yisurm that we violate to protect the potential life of an Uber. So that probably means that there's some very intense relationship that we have with that potential life. So let's, but let's, let's uh, get started. And one of the things I do want to talk about just briefly at the end, but not really for very long, but a little bit is, what is our relationship to um, the nature of how l- the law plays out in the environment that we live? Like, what, what does that mean for us? Like, do we want to promote right, Jewish law or how we, or maybe what, what Jewish law says about non-Jews, right, for the government in which we live? Is that something that we don't want to do? And how does that play out here also? So we're going to get to that, you know, for a couple of minutes at the end also, hopefully. Okay, so let's just start from the beginning. The beginning starts with the fact that there is this specific way that the Gemara talks about how B'nai Noach, those who are not Jewish, relate to this this uh, rule known as, right, dealing with, dealing with abortion. So the Gemara says, source number one. It's always a kind of a funny concept also, like the idea that we legislate for the non-Jewish world, right? The Torah legislates for the non-Jewish world because the Torah... Uh, the, the Shev ben Noach are given to Noach when there were no Jews yet, right? But it's kind of fascinating to think about how the Gemara itself plays out this did. So the Gemara says as follows, Ben when a, Noach, when, when a non-Jew violates the Shev Noach, so they are put to death for that violation, and it's done in a much looser way. Even in a lot of the rules that we have, when we put someone uh, due, due to death in, in, in Bezdin, not that it, I don't know if the, uh, Ben Noach was ever put to death in the Bezdin, I don't know if it ever happened, but that technically, you know, theoretically, that's what would happen. And says the Gemara, Mishu Rabbi Amru Av Al haubrin right? They would even put a Ben Noach to death for what? For ending the life of an Uber, right? For for abortion. My time is Rabbi Shmuel. Why is that? The the pasuk says. In Snowach, Dam Right, someone who spills the blood of a person, so their blood should also be spilled. But the language is funny. Dam Right. So, what does that really mean? The real translation is: If you spill the, the blood of a, of a person, a person will spill your blood. That's how you translate it. But the Gemara has a drasha. Ezu Adam Shehu Ba all right, who's the person who's in a person? Hafei Omer is a ubar shiv that's referring to a fetus. And that's the Gemara makes a drasha that a Ben-Noach who, a non-Jew who performs an abortion is according to the Torah Chayv right? Misa. So that already starts to inform us in terms of like how serious Chazal take this and how or the Torah takes it and, and how that plays out like in society. Right? What do, what do we think? What does the Torah think about non-Jews performing abortions? The answer is we think that it's so serious we treat it like Regular murder, like regular murder, okay? You're talking about the, the doctor that does it, not the mother. Uh, uh, presumably presu- yeah. presu- presu- yeah. the doctor is the one who does the action, right? That's true. Uh, if you're a person, though, who asks for it to be done and you, and you help, right? You, you know, there's always these questions of like, two people do admi- do an issue together, so who gets to you know, who's chayev? But it's presumably both people would be forbidden from being involved in, in, the, in the action, right? But yeah, correct. It, it technically would be the, the, the non-Jew. Now uh, the the doctor, which yeah. raises a whole type of interesting question. If a person, it, it, uh, re, re, an interesting question. If a person would have a head to get an abortion, should they make sure that the person doing the abortion is Jewish? Interesting question. Okay, so the Rambam writes in source number two as follows: Ben Noach shaharach Nefesh. if A non-Jew kills a person a filub ubar b'me'imot ne Even if it's an uber, even if it's a fetus, so they are they are misa for such a thing. Fine. Fine. So that that's how we take a look at um, a non performing abortion. It is there is uh, you know c- capital punishment for such a thing? Okay. What happens? And, and just look at the Rambam. The Rambam continues to write. Say Trefa or shakafto What if a person kills somebody who's already about to die? Right. Or you uh, put someone in a place where they're. You, you place them in a place where they're, they're gonna, in front of a lion, so they're going to die. Oshinichu baravah, etc. You do all these things that you, you don't actively kill them, but you put them in a situation where they're going to die Into your fault. mikomakam <laughs> Narag, Since you you know, cause them to die, this Ben-Noach does so is high, it gets killed. What if he kills someone who is racing after somebody else? If he could have shot the guy in the knee and he tells, he's running after somebody else and instead he kills him, so again, And then says the Rav HaMashe in came Yisrael. That's not the same halach when it comes to a Jew. Why this distinction is between Jews and non jews is a whole different here. Why that is. But the bottom line is, it's not the same. Right, And the rabbim is clear that while there's capital punishment for a non-Jew performs an abortion, what is clear the problem is saying is that this is not true when it comes to a Jew who performs an abortion. Okay. So what is the status for a Jew when a Jew performs an abortion? Take a look at source. Skip three for now. Let's go to source number four. Okay. We don't have in the Torah anywhere a pasuk about um, abortion per se. What we do have is the halacha. What happens if... Uh, if the, an accident occurs and someone is responsible for uh, the the uh, I guess it would be like a, it's not like an abortion, but let's like, read the, the case. Says the, says the Torah in source number four, Parshat Mishpatim, V'chiinatsu anashim. Let's say two people are fighting. Vinakfu isha and let's say two guys are fighting, and the, and the guy's wife steps in the middle and she tries to break up the fight. And what happens? And they and they end up hitting her. V'yatsu and she loses the child means you pay a certain value. Right? If, if, a, if a person, this type of situation would happen, so the person who, who hit the woman, Khalila, and caused her to lose her baby, so he has to pay money. That's what he has to do. So it's an interesting thing to say, because if we consider abortion murder, right? so that way you have to go to, a, I don't know, go to your miklot. Right, he'd have to, uh, I don't know what, but you wouldn't just talk about money. you talk about something, he's hired for something because he ended a life. And the Torah doesn't say that, which is interesting. But, and we're going to come back to that in a second. doesn't say where she was in the pregnancy. So it's not making a distinction. It doesn't say where she was in the pregnancy. doesn't make a distinction. But all it talks about is having to pay a certain amount of money. So presumably there's some loss here, but it sounds like more of a monetary loss in terms of how the Torah views it. There, there's no intent, but there's... there's uh, what we would call is negligence, presumably. Right? Because if it wasn't negligence, it was totally not your fault, you probably wouldn't have even have to pay either. Right? So presumably there's some type of negligence that takes place. But what's really important is source number five. Because I can tell you, you know, uh, from today to tomorrow, there's nowhere in the Torah per se where there's a the prohibition of abortion. But the truth is, we have a very, very important concept that Tosus brings up in source number five. And in source number five, Tosus m- mentions the following concept. He's actually quoting the Gemara. The Gemara says that there's a, there's a concept that there's n- Non-Jews have seven mitzvahs. Jews have 613. So, if that's true, says the Gemara, (laughs) there is no such thing as, and that's like much more chomer, right? We have so many more than they do. So the Gemara says there's no such concept where there's an Isser for a non-Jew that is permissible for a Jew. It's not possible. Whatever we, like it's like, we call Bechlam Whatever, Whatever we have, it includes everything they have and we just have more. Right, so there's no concept ever of an isser that applies to a non-Jew and doesn't apply to a Jew. Titus deals with the question: well, What about Shabbos? And there's an isser for a Jew, for a non-Jew to keep Shabbos. Okay, there's an You know the joke with the guy? The, the guy was. The charousa, the charousa, the, the, the guys, the ger, yeah, right, right? Okay, so these guys supposed to keep... Yeah, supposed, they tell every, every potential gear. they tell you how to be Michal Shabbos, every Shabbos. You have to turn on the light, you have to do something. So these two guys are uh, you know, charousas, and the guy says, you know, by the way, like, I'm not Jewish. So he says, you're not Jewish. He says, I'm not Jewish. We've we learned Masechus Sanhedrin for six years together. You're not Jewish. He goes, I'm not Jewish. He goes, you know, we, we keep Shabbos together. So he says, what are you talking about? He says, you know it's us who to keep Shabbos. He goes. Well, I don't keep Shabbos. He says, "What do you do?" He says, "I, I carry my key every day, every Shabbos, you know, to, to my house." He says, "Carry your key? There's an eruv." He says, well, I do you handle the eruv?" You know, right, sorry. So the, so the, right? So the, good. You realize you were already nodding before. But the rule is that there's. It's a good joke, right? So there's a there's a rule that there that. So forgetting that question of Shabbos, Shabbos is a mitzvah. So it's a little different, but in general, if there's an istir for a non Jew to do something, it must be aser for a Jew. And so Tosas writes. As follows, right? Uh, second line, uh, like six six words at the end of the line. He says, "Valah ubrim," when it comes to abortion, the ovikolchavim chay v'Yisrael puter, right? That an is chay misa, that's It's capital punishment, and, and Jews are not. Avagav de puter mi kolmakam loshari. Right? So it says Titus, Don't let's just because maybe a Jew wouldn't be put to death. For performing an abortion, that doesn't mean that it is permissible for a, for a Jew. In fact, says Tosos, I'll tell you already, it's us, sir, for a Jew to do so. Jerobun, Jerobun. Ah, that's a good question, All right? It's us, sir. And he doesn't explain which, you know, what it is. And he, and he, and he brings a proof from the next mission that we're going to see right now, okay? So take a look at source number six. And so, source number six is the, is the main source of this whole question. Right? and you're going to hear a lot of times when we talk about abortion and laws banning abortion, that what's always the exceptions they give? Right? The health of the mother, right? Ra- rape and incest, Khalilah. Right? right? Those are the examples that they, that they I should say Khalilah by the whole thing, the whole thing is it's it's a horrible situation, the whole thing. But, and, and where does that come from? It comes from this Mishnah Okay, I don't know if everyone who talks about it and holds banners know it comes from Mishnah olos. but that's where it comes from. Ha-i, and the case tells the following case. The following very very difficult scenario: Ha'isha, she makashelilid, a woman who's having trouble in labor. Right, so she's it sounds like she's in labor already. And there's again, we can talk about the medical question if this would even be possible, if this would even happen like this. But the bottom line is, she woman's in labor and she's having difficulty. And the bottom line is, the assumption is that if they would somehow end the life of the fetus, the mother would survive. <coughs> so what do you do? you... Abort, that you end the pregnancy. Why? Because her life comes before his life, or her, before the baby's life. Okay? Yatza if rubo, if most of the body comes out of the, the child is being born already, the, the other Yerseus have Yatsa rosho, as the head comes out. bottom line is, the baby's already being born now. Then ain't no gimbal. You can't touch the baby at that point, meaning you're allowed to touch him, but you can't. You can't do anything bad to it. Why? nefesh <laughs> nefesh. Because you can't choose one life over the other. What's the confusing thing about this Mishnah? It's not a life until what? It's not a life until it emerges. Well, kind it, of person? It, in other words, it's it's a The implication, right, is that before birth, it is obvious that mother comes before the baby. Once the baby's head comes out, already we say... These are two lives, and you can't choose which one, right? Who's, who says your blood's redder than his blood, right? So you can't, you can't make that determination more. So the implication of the Mishnah is that before birth, there's a, there's a hierarchy, right? Mom comes first, baby comes second. That seems, that's actually not the implication. That's clear from the Mishnah, right? And somehow, once the head comes out, so now we, now we can't decide what to do, Okay. And the Gemara takes us a step further in source number seven. And it says as follows, Amru afuna. And the cases that the Gemara gives, the mission gives and the Gemara gives are so important for understanding the whole conversation. Right? Because the, the examples and what examples they give and what examples they don't give will really matter to us. Okay, what's the example, says the Gemara as follows? Amru Afuna. Katan harode. Let's say a child is a- attacking somebody else. He's going to kill that person. The child's a child. The child doesn't know what they're doing, right? It's a, a five year old. Right? But they're going to attack someone and they're going to kill that person. You're allowed to even kill the child in order to prevent him or her from killing somebody else. Right? The implication is that, that a rodif doesn't need to be warned. Gemara says, but wait a second. back Talachah is, when it comes to the baby being born, I ain't no gibbo, I can't do anything to him, right? Lefishe ain docha nefesh mipen Va V'amai, rodefu, isn't the baby a rodef on the mother? You said, I don't care how old the rodef is, the rodef is out, we, we kill the rodef to save the person after whom he is chasing or she is chasing, right? To kill them. In this case, isn't the child being born actually putting the mother's life in danger? Shouldn't I be allowed to kill the baby even once the head comes out? Right? What's the difference? Ants the Gemara, shiny hasam, dimishamaya kay This is not the usual case of Rodef. Why? Because it's from heaven that the baby is attacking or causing the danger to the mother. What does that mean? From heaven. How would you explain that? Hashem. Good. The baby has no intent. The baby is not trying. It's like the natural order. The baby's, doing what it's supposed to do. the baby's doing what it's supposed to do. Exactly. So once the baby's doing what it's supposed to do, so then already, you can't call him a rodif And basically, at that point, we don't know who's being rodeaf who. Right? It's not like a regular rotiff. Right? The baby's life is being impacted by the mother. The mother's life is being impacted by the baby. And therefore, we don't, it's like mina It's not like someone running after the other person. This is like the natural order, but a natural order that's causing conflict. And we don't know what to do. And therefore, when you don't know what to do, you do nothing. Right? So Rashi says something really important. So Rashi in source number eight, when the Gemara says Yatsa Rosho, all of a sudden the head of the child comes out. Now everything changes. Why does everything change? Says Rashi, the Kolzman Shalo, Yatsa LaAvira Olam. As long as the child has not come out into the world, next three words, Lav Nefeshu. It's not considered. What would you say? Not considered a nefesh, not considered a person. It's not considered alive, right? Meaning, what's the reason why I can end the life of the fetus when it's not out in this scenario, but I can't once it comes out? Because until it comes out, it doesn't have the status of a nefesh. Avayatsa rosha, but once the head comes out, a no gambola hargo dahavele because it is like it's born, Vendoka Nefish So Rashi makes it clear, lav nefeshu, that until the child is born, it doesn't have the same status as the mother. That we that's the Mishnah already tells me that. Right? There's a different status. But the reason for the change in status, the difference status between the mother and the child, is because the child is not yet born. Right? Does that, does yeah. That help explain the source of what do you mean? Yes, if, um... why, it's just like a pay, why are you just paying money in that yeah. scenario? Right, right. It's not like murder. But that's, if you go down this road, right. it sounds like that doesn't sound like murder. Right? This doesn't sound like, right? This sounds like some, something else that's not allowed except in this unique scenario, but it doesn't sound like murder, right? Money, it's paying money. It, it, its life is secondary to the mother in a situation where the mother's life is in danger. Right? so already like, there's like a, a lower level here of life. It doesn't sound like regular life. Like like the, 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 the purists who argue, what do you mean heart beating into life? This is murder. It doesn't sound quite that simple, right? Certainly not. The mission is not making it that simple. Okay, so that's that's Rashi's approach. Lav nefeshu. Okay, and, and, and it sounds like Rashi's approach could open the door to a con- an idea that maybe the baby is not yet quite... The it, it's, it is true, I should just say, according to everybody, that the baby's life when it's, when it's inside the mother is not equal to the mother. But there's something... But How do you understand the status of the baby inside the mother? Lav nefeshu, which is an important line. However, the Rambam doesn't take that same approach. Look at the Rambam in source number nine. It says the Rambam is as follows. And the Rambam is where... It's always when you ever read the Rambam, you always have to look at where he places the halacha, right? What's it called? Hilchos, rotseyach, ushmira sanefesh. It's the laws of rotseyach. Murder. The laws of murderers. That's where he finds this halacha. And what does he say? And what's the, what's the context? Hairodei v'achachaver lahargo. Right? Again, to be fair, the Gemara itself places this makes that context. Ram didn't make it up. That's the context of the Gemara. Someone who's rodef who's chasing another person to kill them. Every person has to save that person from the rodef who's running after them even if it means killing the Rodif. And this is a kiddish typically because otherwise usually you have to warn the person you have to you, know, you can't just take the law into your own hands but here you have to because you don't have time. Right? And then he reads the mitzvah slowly. I'll never shavuot if and he to have rachmanes on the road. if you can't rachmanes on the road. if that's not right because then you're gonna this other person is gonna be killed and therefore and then says the rambam as follows lefichach lefichach means therefore therefore ho ruchachamim the chachamim posked shau brashi mikasha leli of a pregnant woman is having a child and is having trouble mutar lach tocha ubar b'mayelah b'basan b'be'yard you can end the life of the fetus whatever way, whether that's with medication or with, you know, with, you know, physically. What is the reason why the, 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 the pregnancy can be ended in this case? Because the baby has a status of? rodef. Okay? Once the head comes out, you can't. Why? This is the natural order of the world. Once the baby's out, now we don't know who's being rodefu. Who. That's another language that a lot of rishonim use. Like we don't know who's the rodef. If you're the rambam, what's the reason why, while the baby is in the inside, right, that you are a lat and, 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 and is causing distress to the mother? The mother could die, right? What is the reason why the abortion is permitted? It's a rodef. It's a rodef. Good. Is is when you when a person kills a rodef? Is that ritzicha? No. no. So it's not. But is it, is, it the end of, is it ending a life? Yeah. Yes. yes. And is that ending of the life really in theory the same as murder? The action? Yes, it is the same. It's just that it's permitted to save the life of somebody else. Right? In a certain sense, this baby is no different than the crazy person running with a gun to kill it, to shoot somebody and you should shoot him first. Right? That, that is the action. is an action of ending the life of a full-fledged human being. It's just that that's permitted when... When that full fledged human being is trying to end the life of another human being. Right? So, according to the Rambam, the reason for the <coughs> permissibility of abortion in this scenario is why? Is because this child is considered like a Rodef. And because it's considered like a Rodef, what? Why is it still not considered Derek HaTeva? When you doing this natural thing inside the mother's body, why does it matter whether it's an arm coming out or not? It's still Derek HaTeva. You're saying, saying when, when there's. Okay, good. The so, and, and by the way, what you have to argue, even for the Rambam, Right, I think if I if I could, can rephrase the question, if according to the Rambam, if it's a, if it's because he's a Rodaf, the baby's a Rodaf, So who cares if he's inside the mother? Who cares if he's already being born? What should make the difference? So clearly, the answer is that the Gemara does make that distinction. The Mishnah makes that distinction. That somehow, even even if you are going to take this opinion of the Rambam, which we're going to see from Moshe Feinstein, we'll go to town with this Rambam. But it, even if you are going to take this approach, right, that the, the only reason you can be lenient in this case is because the baby is a rodeif. And, a ro- and when you have a situation of rodeif, you can do something that otherwise would be ritzicha. Otherwise would be murder to save the life of the other person. Right? So, even according to Ramah, you still have to explain So, what changed when the child's inside and outside. And I think that what you have to answer is sort of this, this explanation, which is that while the child is, I- is still inside the mother, it is clear that the child, is co- the, the fetus is causing the danger to the mother. Right? That's clear. Once the child is being born, now he somehow that status evens out and it's harder to make that argument of who is being rodef, who, right? And that's why at that moment things change, right? But you could still, even if that's true, you, you, um, the, the Rambam still seems to be clear that he is in that language of lefichach, right? Therefore, because the halach is like this, about a rodef, a human being attacking the human being, you can kill the human being attacker. That's the reason why you can end the, end the life of the, of the fetus in that case. Right? as opposed to Rashi who says the language is while well, the baby's inside is lab lot oh. the Ram doesn't say that right? his argument is even if it is a nefesh it doesn't matter right? as long as it's a rodaif as I can determine while the baby's still inside we still have a classic it's a clear case of Rodafe, that's why I can end the life of the fetus on, on, on the clear yeah. case of rodaif why is there no distinction between like danger to the baby versus danger to the mother the baby's being born healthy and the is, you know suffering heart Mm-hmm. Conditions, heart failure, whatever it might be, mm-hmm. right? It's very clear that the mother's in danger, the baby isn't. That the baby's the road here. The baby's causing. Well, because it's because it's it's the, the pregnancy mother. that is causing the mother to be in danger. Right, because the it, baby it, is it, already it, out, starting to come out, and the head is already out. Right now, how but now that you baby's in but now that baby's in the, know, baby's in the world. So it's not clear anymore at that point. Oh, is it not clear that the baby is really causing the issue? Or is it not clear that the... Well, at that point, if you want to end the life of the baby to save the mother, the question is, the baby is not doing something active to... Right? It's, it's tivo or, sholam, or it's not there. Right? Whatever you want to call it, it's not as clear anymore. Right? That who's, who's doing what to whom. But you're right, it's still like this kind of funny, fuzzy place. I agree with you. Fine. Take a look. At, so, fine, so what do we do? So it's clear, but the only thing that's clear at this point is... In a situation where there's danger to the mother, yeah. abortion is permissible up until when? To birth. Yeah. up until birth, okay? If it's danger to the mother, the, 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 the case of the Mishnah is labor, right? At that time, you could still uh, that the abortion would be permissible if it's going to save the mother. Again, it's a good medical question if that would you know become true at you know, uh, you know thirty nine weeks, a scenario like that. But in theory, if it was true, then, yeah, even up until birth, the, the, there is this distinction. If the baby is the road day, if the baby is causing the danger to the mother and the, and the, uh, uh, you know, the uh, abortion of the fetus would save the mother's life, that it, it would be permissible. Fine. But we don't have at all, at this point, is any other example. Does we have not found any other example of a time when abortion is permitted. Does Rosh have anything to do with neurological... Control, in other words, people argue brain death versus. I don't think so. I think it has to do with the, the breathing process has already it's not like rubo, it's a, it's a right. It's right. There's rubo and there's roshow, right. but yeah, but I don't think it has to do with like, becoming. Yeah, I don't know if it's like another part of the party I, I don't know. That's a good question. Maybe roshow. Maybe it's rubo or roshow, but not like. Like I don't know what the, medically possible a hand, labor. you know, like like the, like the stories of the Gemara and in, in, in his in, in, like right breech baby, right, right, like something like that. Yeah, maybe yeah. that'd be different. Maybe that, if you all real. of this is in the context of a difficult labor, right? Yes, none of it is pre labor. At, at this stage, what this, the example, the, Gemara, the, the, the mission that the mission Gemara give are during labor, correct? But it, presumably, the assumption that would be true even pre labor also doesn't have to be during labor. But, even, but the point is, well, even up to well, the moment where, where of labor. Do see, where do we see the assumption that this applies before labor? I think it's obvious, to be honest, that it apply even before labor. But, but, let's, but let's, let's keep going. Because I want, to, I want to keep moving along. But I, I think, because if it's true, even up to the moment of labor, it would be true even pre-labor also. But the Shulchan Arachim number 10, passes this halacha, that if the baby is like a road <laughs> date, then uh, then until, until the head comes out, the baby can be aborted in order to save the life of the mother. That much says, it does use the language of Rodev, okay? And this is where you have a, a huge, colossal machlokas, between Rav Moshe Feinstein, on the one end, and Eliezer Waldenberg, you have Eliezer Waldenberg, the Tzitzel Yazar on the other side. And it's a colossal, gigantic, fierce um, machlokas between Rav Moshe and the Titzel Yazar. And Moshe writes like this, source number 11, uh, source number 11 right? right? 11? Yeah, 11. 11. So he so he writes, right? Actually, you know, jump down right away to source number twelve, okay? And he writes like this: "V'gam And Moshe takes, goes to this question of chilav shabbos. The fact that we machal shabbos for a for an ubar means that we treat it like almost like like a like a living being, right? The chilav talibrit sonoshala adam. Or I can decide to be Mechal Shabbos for an Uber or not, he says, no, you have to be. If, the, if an Uber is in danger, you must be Mechal Shabbos. Just like if a person's life is in danger on Shabbos, it's not like I can choose if I want to be Mechal Shabbos for that person. person's life is in danger, they must go to the hospital. It's not a choice. Oh, wait, you cannot wait. You must go right now, right? No, that's not what it is. You have to, right? In which case it should be, right? The Tos has already told us, we said before, that it's forbidden to, to end the life of an Ubar. And that's why Mechal loves a Shabbos. So Moshe takes the rationale that once you're telling me that there's this concept that I can save an Uber on Shabbos, I can have a mother eat on Yom Kippur and, ha- and you have to to save its life. What does that mean? That means you're treating it like a life, in which case it'd be forbidden to end that life, Right? And look what he says. We b'Ram Bam Alef Mehielchos Ritzeh Halachatess. The Ram we just wrote Mefurish Odi Yoser Tairigas Ubar Hu Ritzicha Mamish. The Ram makes it clear that the ending the life of an Ubar is murder. Why? Share Kassav Tama Amashi B'Maksha Leled Mutolach Tocha Ubar. What's the reason why we allow the the the, the abortion in the situation when the woman's having trouble in labor? Kedilahatzelesa Emi to Kirode V'acharela Horga. It's because he's like a rodef. <laughs> the rule is you can commit murder to save somebody else, and that's what's happening here, right? <laughs> Even though you're going to say, oh, but not chayiv Misa. We said already that a, a non-Jew has cap; it's capital punishment for a Jew. It's not okay. It's not capital punishment. <laughs> He basically argues it is murder. It's just murder that you wouldn't get capital. You wouldn't get capital punishment for, okay? And the reason, the only reason, that's why the Rambam says the only reason this is allowed is because the baby is like a rodif going to kill the mother, and therefore I can can end its life first. And if it wasn't for that, he wouldn't allow it. And that, and by the way, just just as an aside, it's not an aside. That's what the Gemara says. That's the Gemara's example. The Rambam didn't make it up that's Gemara's like example, talks about the case of Rodif, right? And that's where the Rambam puts it in, Hilchus Rotsayach, etc. And that's why he says that, that, it, that it has to be that way. If you, if you continue down, where it says, V'divrei Hevelheim, after the ellipsis, where it's bolded, he writes, V'divrei Hevelheim, Lomar Shear Rambam, Lodak. You want to say the Rambam wasn't so specific? He didn't mean it because of Tom Sheker. He didn't really mean it about Rodif. He just kind of gave that example. He says, this is the Rambam. The Rambam is so careful with every word that he uses. you didn't tell me the Rambam didn't really mean it? Can't be. Can't be. And therefore he writes, the next paragraph, He thinks, That ending a life of a fetus is Ritzicha, it's murder. But you just don't get capital punishment for it. He goes there's nothing else to talk about. That is the only scenario. Woman's life is in danger, right? Then, then we're talking about it. Otherwise, nothing to talk about." And he actually says later on, he says, "Any other case." and he even talks about situations of what we, you know situations like tay sachs he says, "There's nothing to talk about. there's no reason to be make. Oh, really sorry. It's a terrible, horrible situation, but we can't allow murder in that scenario. Yeah? What does life in danger mean if it's Good. So the Sheva Dalai... a So, so, so Moshe assumes like it's very... It's got to be pretty serious. He actually right. writes that. Like, it's got to be pretty serious. The Sheva Levi and others say that even according to... To, to, you know, to Rama, maybe you could argue, even if it's some general... You know, a, a doctor has to be concerned. All right, the doctors have to be concerned. Just like uh, you know, re- you know, very, very weak, not so fast. But if it's you know, m- m- but something significant, you know, every case has to be judged on its own. But even according to Moshe, there can be cases where it does not have to be quite, you know, s- super, super dangerous. But if Moshe himself writes, it's got to be pretty serious, very, pretty serious. Okay. However, there are other Achronim who take a different approach, and they don't think that that um, that abortion is is, is murder. And they have a whole <coughs> bunch of different approaches. We don't have time. I, I have some of them inside here in 13 and 14 and 15, but I'll just explain to you what they each say. The Chavos Yair writes that he doesn't think it's an isser of Ritzicha, right? But he thinks, and, and, and he argues instead, because there's, there's a case that Gemara talks about, without getting into all the details, of a woman who's being given capital punishment and she's pregnant. Okay, man, such a scenario. She's being put to death and she's pregnant. So the Gemara says, and to understand why this is, it sounds very horrible, but the halach is that they actually perform an abortion first on the mother, and then they put her to death. Why that is, it's a whole conversation. But the balance is what they do. And the Gemara there says that you do so, and it, the Gemara uses the language of, pshita, obviously you would do it. And, 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 and all of sort of like, pshita? What's obvious? Right? And, the, and, and all the acharonim jump on this. So the Chavaziar says, what, what, what? How can you say Peshitta? If this was murder, it's not so obvious that it's okay. So the the halach is that they do so. But, but, but why would that be obvious? So the yar says, it can only be obvious if what? If it's not Ritzikha. And he says, so you, say, you know what the Isra of abortion is? He says, the Isra is, Zerlavatala. It's the wasting of seed. A potential life, that's wasted. Okay. I'll give you another example. The, 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 the yavis sorry, um, the, the marit in verse number 14. He says the Isra of abortion for the same concern is not an Isra of Zerlava. It's an Isra of Chavala, right? You're, 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 you're injuring somebody, right? For without a, a need. So that's also You can't do Chavala. You can't, you can't uh, you know, cause someone else to bleed just f- for no reason, right? And why does that matter? Because if the Isra is Ritzikha, there's no exceptions to Ritzikha except for Rodif. But if the Isra is some other Isra, Right? So zerlavatela, for example. So we allow that we allow Zerl-Batala for you know what would otherwise be zerlavatela for fertility, you know reasons, all kinds of reasons. We I mean, sometimes we say that's not considered zerlavatela; it's for some constructive purpose, right? Chavala, the history of chavala of causing someone else to bleed. If you do a surgery that's necessary for somebody, of course you can cause them to bleed, right? So if there's a big Tzorech, some other need, there would be reason to be mikra. On the yaivit source number fifteen of Yaakov Emden talks about a case of rape. And he argues, it's not clearly he passed in this way, but he argued that it's because the Isser here is an Isser only of he talks about the tremendous pain that would be caused for the woman to have to carry a baby to term after being raped. And he says, in that scenario, he says it would be permissible, in theory, to allow an abortion. Right? If you look in search number 15, Towards the bottom, towards the bottom, uh, the second to last line, he writes: "Afilu eno mishum emo." It's not because nefesh It's so painful for her the the emotional psychological pain of having to go through with carrying that baby to turn. He, not clear that he again passed in the shilat that he did at halacha but he raises that possibility. And the tis, so that, but that brings us to the tizal And The tizal in starts number sixteen. So he takes all of these, the Chavos Yar, he takes the Yavits, he takes the Marit, and he puts them all together. And he argues that the Isser, there's a lot of room to argue that the Isser of abortion is something other than Ritzikha. Okay, he has to deal with the Raman, which is a little bit more difficult. And that's why, that's why Moshe is so angry with him. You have to mean that the Raman wasn't specific in what he said. And that's very difficult. For the, for the, for the, But nevertheless, Seliezer, by the way, who was like known as like the medical halachic expert eventually. He passed away in 2006. But Seliezer was like 20, I don't know how many volumes of, of chuvos, all in medical halacha. He was one of the first people to say that smoking is because he, because he had, you know, uh, doctors who would ex- advise him, explain to him. He knew what he was talking about in the medical world. And he, and he argues, and take a look in paragraph number three, four, three. Im Kane. He writes as follows: <coughs> Ask yourself: <coughs> He's talking about the case of a baby that has been diagnosed with Tay Sachs, a fetus, right? What's more horrible than that scenario? What the the, the the pain she's going to experience? It's going to be in pain the whole time. It's going to die after a few years. The parents just have to watch this horrible thing to go on with their child. This is what a terrible pain it is. And he argues that in that scenario, if you're going to tell me there's other cases of a tsorech, like the like the Yaakov writes, the pain of carrying the baby to term. He goes, imagine the, what, what greater pain? Basically, says, is there? He says this is the classic example of such horrible pain that a person would have to experience. And therefore, he writes that he believes in the case of a Tay Sachs diagnosis that it would be permissible to abort the fetus. And there are many, many cases of people who would go to. Rabbanim and they'd say students of Moshe and they would say to them here's the phone number for the Tzitzel I can't pass in this way but you want to call it Yezer that's up to you Rev. R- 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 Tandler R- R- Moshe's <coughs> son-in-law used to call this chuva of the Tzitzel an evil chuva. an evil tshuva he used to call it because he thought that what was opening a Pandora's box right to people allowing abortion for all kinds of tzirachim wasn't totally wrong it did it, it does open that um, and nevertheless, the Tzitzel Yezer, Rav Moshe was furious. The Tzitzel Yezer, furious. This wasn't like a, a calm machlokes. he was furious at him because, again, he put it, he, he opened that door to other things besides the, the, the danger to the mother. And to this day, and certainly was you know certainly true for a long time that you had the students of Rav Moshe Feinstein, and 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 others would kind of war over this. And people would have these scenarios. If you come to a student with Moshe Feinstein, they'd say, if it's dangerous to the mother, then fine, otherwise nothing to talk about. And others would go to Tzatzel Ezra, and he would say, well, it depends how bad it is. Again, we're not talking about like, you know, like small tzirachim. tay is very serious, right? But there are scenarios, are scenarios with horrible diagnoses, horrible situations, that there can be a, 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 a psak for an abortion. But again... These are These are the biggest shilas, right? because we are talking going to Rav Moshe, a question of Ritzikam. Moshe argues it is murder. Just that you don't get put to death for it. So we're not talking about like, well yeah, there's some cheetos to rely on, so it's okay. Like you, you have to make a decision as a postake. Are you gonna lie on Ritzicham? Yeah, okay, but if you are, then Ramosha thinks you just allow the person to commit murder. And that's why it's so serious and so and, and so intense. And 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 what this does is Vadia also has a true vote where he says, maybe again, if like within three months, and by the way, the Tissa allows it up till seven months. He says, so that up to the point where the fetus is viable, that, that, that vi- viability is going to start to f- pull back, right, as, as medical science continues to move forward. But nevertheless, he basically argued until the child is viable, then there's a reason to make this argument. Once the child is viable, he, he, he was not as, not, as, not as quick to do so. that um, considered Rosho? Is that. No, I don't know but once it's once it's more viable he's much more concerned about it um, fine so so the bottom line is right so, so what do you say in the end of the day in the end of the day this mahoka exists it remains a uh, Um and it's, there's no like consensus per se I would say it still remains a big discussion in the postkim, and some postkim are willing to and some are not and because the power of a Moshe that's why it's so like every case is taken uniquely by the Gedoliah postkim. Who, who are brought these questions, you know, like Ruby Willig has brought these questions, and you know, Russia Weiss and Vshekhta. These are people who are brought these questions every once in a while and are, and are asked to, to determine each case depending on the severity of that case. Um, I, I just want to, and by the way, if that's true, then, right, now we understand the OU statement in source number 18, which was basically when Roe v. Wade was overturned. They basically said the Orthodox Union is unable to either mourn or celebrate the U.S. Supreme Court's overturning of Roe v. Wade. We cannot support absolute bans on abortion at any time during a pregnancy. That would not allow access to abortion in life-saving situations. Similarly, we cannot support legislation that does not limit abortion to situations in which, in which medical, including mental health professionals, affirm that carrying the pregnancy to the term poses real risk to the life of the mother. And remember, that the T.S. was talking about emotional, psychological pain. So an, an outright ban on abortion is against the halacha for us. Your right to choose is also not the halacha. Right? Neither one is correct for us. But to celebrate Wade being overturned from a halakha perspective doesn't really make sense. To say, what do you mean everyone should have a right whenever they feel like it in any scenario, whenever you feel it's a, a need to, to, to prevent an abortion is also not the Jewish perspective, which is kind of what I said in shul a, a number of months ago, right? It's, n- neither one is really our, our place so we don't really line up in either direction. I heard one I don't over minutes over a couple minutes so I just want to end like this I heard of a Reese or Reese or was the dean of Reitz and now he serves at the Scana beds in Chicago of the, uh, of the of the uh, CRC, uh, and, and of the of the CRC and in beds in America also and he's told the following fascinating story he said he was he was in Yale law School when Roe v was written and he went and he was and he, a friend, uh, one of the people in his class had a clerked for um, for the justice who wrote the decision. Um, Blackman, Justice Blackman, right? And so he said he met Justice Blackman. And Justice Blackman told him that he thought that in America, because we're made of so many different religions, it's important for the, the, the leaders of those religions to declare what they believe. And so when they declare what they believe, then the justices and sort of the American people have a sense of all the different, different opinions around and so, I thought it was such a fascinating concept because, like, you know, when the OU comes out with a statement, you're like, okay, like, who does anyone really care? And the answer is, they do care. It's important. It's his historical record, right, of what we what we say in these moments, um, and that matters. The question of whether we should be advocating one way or the other, first of all, I think, you know, is, is very tenuous because the fact that, you know, when when Roe v. Wade existed as as a federal statute, so there was there was the opportunity for us to exercise our freedom of religion. Right. When when you argue that we should you know, place our religious values on others, well, then we run the risk of them placing their religious values on us. So not that simple. Right. And so the idea of us advocating one way or the other is really complicated and really not that simple. Um, and that's why I think you find that that national Jewish organizations have not done so um, because it, it, it's too tenuous. It's not so smart for us to get involved in these in these conversations. So in the end of the day, um, in the end of the day, um, the, you know, abortion, Jewish or not Jewish, the answer is, depends on who you ask, but it always has to be some type of very, very serious scenario, very serious concern of mental health, a very con- actual, concern of actual physical health of the mother. And in those scenarios, that's when you have a, you know, this macho, cause when you're, you it's not, it seems like a big mycologous, it's not as big, because you cut out a whole, you know, host of other, other angles to, re, to allow abortion. You know, financial issues, other things, for the most part, are, are not going to be reasons, right? But, it's, but once you get into the serious, very serious mental health, physical health questions, then you have a motion that says, only risk of death, as opposed to the other post-game, we're going to, tell you, others, who would allow it in situations of really, really serious mental health or physical health considerations, when you put those together, that's sort of that's sort of where the, where the Jewish view lies um, and presents us, I think, with the, with the appropriate perspective. Then, when dealing with you know questions like this, I know we're way over time, so I'm going to stop. But if anyone has questions and wants to talk more, I'm happy to stay stay uh, stay a little bit. to talk. All right, thanks everybody very much.